0: Welcome to PIP Podcast number 33 with Wild Harvester, Diego Benetto. In this podcast, Diego shares his passion for the ancient art of foraging, as well as some of his favourite cooking tips and theories on the reasons why many of us are rediscovering the lost art of foraging for wild food. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the PIP podcast. Today we're talking with today Diego Bonetto. He's an environmental educator with a passion for foraging. And he runs tours, foraging tours in and around Sydney for interested foodies and chefs and anyone who just wants to learn more about how to find food within our suburbs. So welcome, Diego. Thanks for having a chat with me today.
1: Thank you. Very much. Looking forward.
0: Yeah. So, Diego, tell me about your love of foraging and where it started for you how did Where did that passion come from
1: so i um uh, I grew up in a dairy farm in northern Italy yeah and uh where and when I grew up was still common practice to send the kids out to collect the wild foods so um, i don 't know the berries of summer, the green leaves of spring, the mushrooms of autumn This every season always had something to offer, so it was the job of the kids to off you go go to the berries, go to at the moment mulberries is the season of mulberries, so yeah. it was our jobs to go with the with the buckets, go and collect the mulberries for the rest of the year so um, uh, that 's how I learned and how I started my love affair with wild foods is just by taking advantage of seasonal abundance Mm -hmm.
0: so um, yeah so when you came to australia so you came to sydney first
1: i came to melbourne first okay you know i moved to australia in mid-90s and uh, went to melbourne and from Melbourne moved to Sydney, from Sydney moved to the country. So uh, my first uh, encounter with Australia was in regional New South Wales.
0: Okay. So how how did you find the change? Like when you arrived, and did you find that that was common practice here or was it sort of something that people just didn't really do? Uh,
1: foraging. Yeah. Um, uh, yes and no. Yes and no, because some um, Okay so foraging is is old yeah so foraging is nothing that you know is a new fun skills foraging is as old as humans yeah foraging is how we always being sourced our food yeah so by harvesting wild plants and hunting and fishing and so forth so foraging is the oldest way to feed ourselves mm. so um, and um, some cultures still practice today all over the places, you know, yeah. like just great examples like, I don't know, the Polish and Russian community and wild mushrooms. You mm-hmm. know, like you go in state forests at this uh, Easter times, the forest speaks Russian and Polish and Italian, you know, so yeah, yeah. these very interesting cultural pockets that happen around foraging. Uh, Greek people and fennel. Um, Italians and dandelions you know so yeah. there is all of these very interesting and of course most importantly indigenous people and wild native foods yeah. which is still very much practiced today yeah. so uh, back to your questions Robin so uh, what did they find when they came in I found plants that I knew <laughs> the value of and yeah. I start to harvest Um, The generic understanding of harvesting wild plants now, like was, when you know, 25, 30 years ago, was um, that people looked at it in kind of uh, disbelief, in kind of not knowing what they're looking at. There's a lot of um, uh, mistrust in how we can find food in our landscape. People are scared. People are not used to it. People don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, so there was lots of mistrust placed in just collecting dandelions in the fields. You know, mm-hmm. I look at dandelion. I know exactly what I'm looking at. I do yeah. not need to know anything else. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so there was that mistrust all around me. But, you know, you know, I know what I'm looking at. And yeah. That didn't face me.
0: Yeah. So, did you find that there was an? I mean, now you're running tours, you must have sort of found that there was some need for that and that the people were wanting to learn those skills. What
1: I do today, uh, teaching people about foraging skills, developed slowly. Um, at first, I just started doing what I knew going out and collecting indelions, going in the state forest in pine plantation, collecting pine mushrooms because I knew what I was doing. And then um, there was, you know, as I was doing it and taking my kids out to do it, the kids tell their friends and my families come with family, the friends come with friends. And it slowly just caught up up with the general public. The the awareness that actually these old skills are useful today too. Mm. So um, uh, it went through waves, you know, so I've been taking people out for um, uh, foraging workshops, I don't know, close to 20 years now.
0: Yeah. And
1: it went up and down this, you know, resurgence and then forgotten again, resurgence, mm-hmm. forgotten again. But by now, you know, just wild food is the thing. Foraging is something to be proud and put on the menu of the top restaurants. Yeah, it is. So, it? Yeah. Um, you know, lucky me, I have the knowledge to share with people.
0: Mm, Yeah, and so do you have you have quite a few um, chefs and restaurants and people coming to learn from you, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, the hospitality industry is very interested in the in the skills in the produce uh, for a number of reasons because it's a point of difference for the for the venue mm. because it's new food to play with. You know, yeah. so when you're doing dishes with carrots day in day out you want yeah. every now and then you're coming with something new It's exciting in the yeah. kitchen um it's beautiful garnish it comes with incredible stories so it's actually is a produce with high uh, narrative value that's yeah. so much that is used a lot in menus you know so you bring it over you know just as a couple of leaf of garnish it mm-hmm. named the whole dish yeah yeah um you know there's that uh, but hospitality industry is not the only uh group of people interested in foraging there's no. a lot of different people for different reasons interested in the knowledge
0: mm. so what sort of reasons are they people
1: for different people yeah oh um to my workshop i get lots of young families coming to my workshop mm. they come with their kids yeah. And their reason for coming is because they want to expose their kids to the hard, the, the fingering, the experience of collecting foods from the landscape.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, um, they do it because they want their kids to experience that. Yeah. Um, what else? People who come to my workshop is old migrants. All mm. migrants come to my workshop because they, they know it all. They know what we're talking about. They yeah. have the knowledge. They're just coming to get some validation because okay. 40 years ago, people look at them like weirdos. You know, what are yeah. they doing? These walks up in the park collecting <laughs> weeds. Yeah. yeah. So, Sorry about them. I mean, I'm a walk myself so I can say it. So, yeah.
0: Now they're cool.
1: <laughs> now, now it's cool. You know, yeah, it's just, yeah. you know. So, and they're coming to get some, you know, to get some validation, you know, so yeah. we we're not, that crazy you know look at that all of these young people do it now
0: yeah um,
1: who else does it um media lots of media come to my workshop okay. because it's a good story yeah because it's an empowering story say you know journalist um a magazine like yourself yeah. you know um, yeah. it's a it's a it's a good it's a good stories that you know gives simple tools and uh, give the people the chance to see abundance in the landscape,
0: mm. and
1: that is so important today. In, the, in the time, particularly now, with all this Corona mess, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. people are very anxious. They don't know what to do. They feel threatened, and they feel insecure mm. in their own decisions. So, mm. the knowledge that whatever happened, you walk out. There's plenty of weeds, and you can eat as much as you can.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah.
1: it's it's good. It's good. You know, it's, it fills people with some sort of confidence that whatever happens, I still got some weeds in my yard. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's that. And there's more. You know, survivalist camp because you know,
0: you mm. know,
1: the zombie will come one day.
0: <laughs> and
1: um, they'll else? be eating
0: dandelions. Meat, <laughs>
1: yeah, we we all turn vegetarians when the zombie comes. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, I mean, especially at this time, not just like as a so that you know that there's food and you have that sort of food security, but also people are at home more at the moment and in their own neighbourhoods and spending time the only activity they can do is go for a walk. So that's right. Actually becoming more familiar with their landscape. So it's a good opportunity now, I imagine, for people to start learning those skills and being able to identify what's on the pavement or what's in their local park or their garden or
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Robin. I think uh, now the times people spend more times looking at their own yard, looking at their own neighborhood and and keep walking the same walk. They start to see things, see Mm -hmm. patterns. And in my opinion, foraging skills, learning foraging skills brings one of the most, the most important benefit of learning the skills is not so much the whatever amount of produce you're going to put in your fridge or you're going to put in your jams, is the realization uh, of the abundance around us, so cultivating gratitude. And mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, then uh, through creating this, um, uh, you know, this hook, the people can see value and see what's growing in their own neighborhood, mm-hmm. get people to look. And by looking, you become aware, yeah. Mm. And because you can see we can take advantage, you become a stakeholder.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So a stakeholder of your neighbourhood. And yeah. that's so important because by becoming a stakeholder, you turn into, you turn into a caretaker. Yeah. You care for your neighborhood because mm. there's value. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So foraging is more than just eating something. Foraging is looking after your neighbourhood.
0: It's like a gateway drug to environmentalism.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. To care for your neighbourhood.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it's like anything. Once you have that, once you start looking and having that connection, then you can't help but care for it. And I think,
1: absolutely you see value value yeah. is so important yeah
0: yeah so um obviously uh identifying the plants correctly is an important part of that so how how do people start so they see some plants they think "Oh, that look." i mean dandelion mo well a lot of people most people know what a dandelion is with the yellow flower and it turns into a poof you can blow off or whatever yeah seed ball. um but, yeah, like how do people, how can people be sure and start learning those skills if they don't have you to go for a walk with? Um, yeah, where do they start?
1: Where do you start? So, um, um, okay, so let's start, let's go back a little minute. Dandelions. Everyone knows dandelions and yet so many people make a mistake
0: Yeah. Okay. because
1: there's lots of plants that look like dandelions. They even call them false dandelions. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a yellow flowers, you blow it in the wind. That's all good, you know, but mm. they're not true than the lines. Mm. Doesn't matter. You know, you have a yellow flowers, you blow it in the wind, you know, high chance is a chichoriache, so you can eat it. Yeah. It's yeah. flatweed, salphistole and so forth. Yeah. yeah. So this staraxacum, some species, you can eat them all. So, yeah. um, uh, how to go about identification.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Dandelion is a great example because um, you want to be confident of what you're looking at. Yeah, uh, have very good, solid understanding of what you're eating. So, um, uh, put it simply, um, uh, if you do not know what you're doing, leave it alone until you do. Mm-hmm. Say. So, Foraging should not be double guessing, you know, oh, is this, is this not? Oh, this looks like the app. Oh, you know, oh, look at the picture. Oh, show me the YouTube clip. You know, so no, 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 no. Foraging should be you in confidence, walking your neighborhood, knowing exactly the colonies and what they are and what to use for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, uh, I might just draw you back to where we started with mulberries. Yeah. Um, We all know mulberries. When we grow up, someone at school taught you that uh, you can eat the mulberries. They're very peculiar. They're unique. And when they fully ripens, we do not make mistakes. You know what's a mulberry. You know what it tastes like. There is no double guessing. So that's where you want to be. Foraging, before you forage with something, forage for any produce that you're engaging with. You should know that for that forage produce at mulberry level. Yeah. At mulberry <laughs> level. Yeah. Without any doubt of yeah. what you're looking at. Mm. If you had doubts, you're experimenting. Okay? So mm-hmm. that's a different game altogether.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not just uh weeds necessarily that you forage or you know, some a plant that's just grown up often it might just be an apple tree or a lemon tree that's sort of hanging over the fence or is coming up on a vacant block of land that you know and yeah obviously if it's hanging over the fence you want to ask the owners but especially with lemons I mean often people can't keep up with the amount of lemons their tree produces so even those sorts of things are a good way to start as well absolutely know the trees in your neighborhood and
1: yeah, and yeah. all of the fruit trees and edible species in our parks and gardens, you know, there's so much edible mm-hmm. species surrounding us all. So, um, yeah, say so just uh, get to know your plants. Make sure beyond doubt that you know what you're looking at
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: uh, and then, you know, enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Take a little time, you know, say so there's lots of species to learn, it will take forever uh, to to not, I mean, you will never know them all. Yes. Yeah? So it will take, mm. you will never stop learning. Yeah. And, uh, and slowly accumulate your botanical knowledge and slowly mm. name one after another, the species in your garden or in your neighborhood. Mm. So um, it's quite funny that uh, people probably can relate to that. You know, when you you recognize the plants once you have a name for it.
0: Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm.
1: Once you have the name for it and you you know it, you can see it everywhere.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Before knowing it, you could just you know it just becomes part of the generic um, uh, green matter that fills your peripheral visions. But once you have the name for it, you 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 confident with your pattern recognition uh, uh, specific to the very species, you see it everywhere. So mm. um, it's incredible. Once you have the eyes, you see mm. food everywhere.
0: Mm. And also it's um asking people like that, you know, you're talking about the elderly, you know, greeks and italians who have yeah. all that knowledge like so i used to live in in the city melbourne and there was an elderly greek gentleman that used to come and the house next door was empty and he they had locusts on the tree and he'd come and eat them all and i didn't really even know what a locust was i knew it was a fruit but i wasn't too sure at the time and um yeah he said it's mushmula. and uh, it was something, <laughs> like that, something like that yeah and um, yeah that, that's just what i used to call it and then he'd come and get buckets full and i'd eat them too and yeah, and then, I mean, now I've planted one and I grow it myself. But, yeah. yeah, it's it's learning from all the people around you and all that knowledge and those skills that are slowly kind of, you know, getting lost with time. I think there is a bit of a resurgence now. Yeah,
1: skills are coming back. Skills never were lost. I mean,
0: yeah. um,
1: uh, three generations ago, this was common knowledge. Yeah, I mean, from forever, since we were fishies, up to three generations ago, this was very much practice. Yes, yeah? so, yeah. uh, some cultures still practice today, but at the very least, three generations ago, your grandmother would have done this. Yeah, mm. your grandmother would not need a funny guy with a funny accent to tell her <laughs> what the dandelion looks like. <laughs> yes, yeah? so, it doesn't matter where you're from, what country or whatever. Mm. Um, so... Two generations ago became unpopular because you know was uncool to pick weeds in the park. Mm-hmm. It was a sign of poverty. Mm. It was something that you know the you know the old people or the poor people do, and last generation was lost because that was the generation of the they call it the generational gap. Yeah, the generation that stopped doing what the old people did and purposely disregarded and let go of that. And because there was agricultural um, uh, produce, because there was supermarkets, because there was all of this abundance in the in the in, in, the, mar- in the in the shelves of the supermarkets, so mm-hmm. we let go of all of these old skills. And this is now we are just doing the full loop. This is the yeah. generation we want all of this knowledge back. Yeah, well, permaculture you- is very much into that, isn't it? Just yeah. getting people back to grow their own food. Yeah. It's important now. People can see what's important now. So foraging is part of the same skill up. Yes.
0: It's like common sense that's not so common anymore.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: So why do you think it is that people are more interested in that now? What do you think it is that's drawn us as a society back to these skills and knowledge? Uh,
1: There's a whole number of reasons. Um, Probably one of the most obvious and the most um, persistent uh, that today's people want these skills back is environmental guilt. Mm. We're looking around, we're seeing the damage we're doing. We want to change the way things go. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, just driving force. Number one, hold on, hold on, stop the cart. Let's change direction. Mm. So um, uh, that's one. Number two, food security or food insecurity, you know, four months ago, we woke up to food insecurity. Yeah. When the yeah. supermarket shelves were empty, you mm. know, and we was more than toilet paper, you yeah, know, all yeah. of the, all of the flour went, you know, all of the oil went, but uh, what people do, you know, you, everyone's baking bread now, really, <laughs> you know, So, and it went fast. It happened yeah. very fast. Yeah. So, Um, You know, the system shows itself to be lacking of resilience and uh, very apparent. So, you know, that was a wake-up call for many. Mm. Um, And, you know, just becoming more and more aware of the fact that, uh, and science is catching up now with the fact that, you know, if you want to look after yourself in terms of health, you want to eat healthy food. Mm. Yeah. So you don't look after yourself, your health by fixing the problems. You look after your health by preventing problems. Mm. Eating well, local, seasonal, healthy food. Mm. So and and that is part of that as well. So you Mm. the only way to eat healthy food is to grow it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you know by far, you know, the most important Economic, environmental, political step and um, uh, healthy step that you can take today is grow your own food mm. yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much you grow, even just a couple of herbs in the balconies of already incredible health mm. benefit benefit that you bring into your life, yeah mm-hmm. live yeah. plants into your dishes mm. yeah saying. So, um, and, and foraging foraging is part of that yeah foraging yeah. is no different it's just the precursor It's the older version of gardening yeah
0: yeah yeah so do you think that the food that you forage is more nutritional and better for you than what you buy
1: yes yes and uh with carrots yes but same um Yes, it is widely known and scientifically proven that wild plants tend to be on average four times more nutritious than the cultivated plants. Mm. Uh, the reason why is because this is wild plants the minerals they went, they offer the true minerals. They went to fetch for them themselves with their own roots. Yeah. They didn't come in with fertilizers and so forth and additive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fiber is strong fiber because, you know, this plant, no one watered them. You know, they had to create their own fiber, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so forth. The vitamins is good quality vitamins and so forth. So wild plants tend to be, um, of better nutritional value than cultivated plants. Okay, mm. so that's one. Uh, that said, uh, often enough, foraging wild well, plants happening not very healthy environment. So you need yeah. to know where you're harvesting because some plants might not be that good looking or that good for you. And that goes beyond identification. It's just forage, but it's clean.
0: Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of pollution and factors like that that you need yeah. to think about when you're foraging, don't you?
1: Absolutely. And that kind of knowledge comes in to just keep walking your neighborhood, keep learning about your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. it's all back to the, what we were saying before get people to walk and appreciate. Mm. And as part of the walking appreciation, you get to know what actually is happening in your mm. neighborhood.
0: Yeah. And it's not just our neighbourhoods and our parks and the land, is it? It's also the sea. So what, what sort of things are you getting from the the ocean or the sea or waterways?
1: It's everywhere. Food is everywhere. Yeah. So um, from the coastal environment, there's lots of uh, coastal species that are actually excellent. There's all of the seaweeds, all of the you know this big branch uh, 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 sector of, um, uh, of botanists, which is um, these salt-loving uh, plants and, and seaweeds that um, uh, that are amazing. You know, yeah. and uh, with uh, very in, in, in great confidence, you know, you can take advantage very fast. You do not need yeah. much intelligence or much identification skills to learn Neptune necklace, you know, uh, or Neptune pearls, you know, we all know them. Sea lettuce, we all know it, yeah. Sea kelp or bull kelp, you have done stuff, you know. We all know, you know, it is quite common seaweeds and, um, they're easy to identify and, you know, as a practice, you know, collecting seaweeds, um, it is understood that there is no such thing as a toxic seaweeds in Australia. Mm. So it is, yeah. it's a safe thing to engage with. You know, it might or might not taste good. So, you know, you might just have a bite of a seaweed. It might taste like a shoe, you know, which is <laughs> there, there might be some value in that, but it might not be a great experience. But once you find the good ones, yeah. you know it.
0: Yeah and I mean the thing with seaweed there's so many minerals in seaweed that we don't get from the land that only come from that ocean.
1: Absolutely. I was ju- I'm just um I'm writing a book at the moment and oh, yeah. uh, just uh, doing some more extra research on sea lettuce. Sea lettuce is incredible super nutritious with all of the amino acids that you need uh, particularly for people on plant-based diets. Mm-hmm. And vegetarian people, you know, sea lettuce is, is gold. Sea lettuce yeah. is, is everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I guess, and in the same way, you, you also need to think about where you forage that, if it's near yes. down, um, you know, drain pipe.
1: Yeah. Oh, pollutants! <laughs> Absolutely. That's this. You know, that's everywhere. You know, you don't go out and harvest when there is a big, you know, switch system. Talking out in the beach, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, so foraging is common sense more mm. than anything else, yeah? yeah. Um, if it looks like it's full of dirt, you know, it's been disrupted and it's severely damaged, mm. maybe you shouldn't forage there. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
0: so, um, yeah. And what about some of the sea animals? You... Sea
1: animals? Yeah. I like fishing.
0: Yeah, fishing or on diving and, I mean.
1: Yeah, fishing or diving, carry on. I don't do that. I don't hunt. I don't fish. I mean, I have some minimal knowledge, but, you know, I, I stick to plants.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, can be a bit easier. But, yeah, there's so many different, and that's the thing, like especially at this time when, like we were saying before, the lack of food security, it, to start learning some of those skills. Yes. Is very because it wasn't just COVID related, it was the bushfires prior to that.
1: And Absolutely you
0: no. Know, I mean where absolutely. we were the roads all the roads in and out were blocked for a couple of days and yeah know, suddenly it I was just
1: hot. absolutely I was I just came back to uh visiting Caperty Valley, which is just western of Sydney west of Sydney. about mm-hmm. uh, above um three three and a half hours west of Sydney. Uh, I mean, all around us, all over, all over Australia, the bushfires severely affected many, many, many communities mm. and got us to question mm. and got us to really have a, a good hard look at what we do to land and mm. how good are we at managing it. Yeah, mm. so we think we know best yeah. and yet and yet, you know, we still have a long way to go before mm. we we find you know we bring back you know some sort of um managing system as you know, you know as as good as they had before white settlement indigenous people yes. managed this continent for for millennia for millennia yeah. you yes. know in in system that was so sophisticated that we wish we had this kind of capabilities today mm. and um but you know regardless you know so the main point right now is to become aware to pay respect to build gratitude and uh, do steps there's a lot of reasons for us to reconsider how we use resources Mm -hmm. and how to make sure these resources are there for the future yeah that's also another aspect about foraging you know just sustainable engagement with civic resources mm. yes yeah, so that let it's not just about knowing what you can harvest but also knowing how and how much you can yeah. harvest yeah and that only comes with again walk your neighborhood keep walking look after it
0: mm yeah so with um, foraging for you, is it something you sort of think, oh, I'm going to go off and have a look, or is it just something in your everyday life that you, you know, as you go from day, it, your different tasks in the day, is it something that's just part of it yeah.
1: So foraging for me is, um, okay, the vast majority of foraging is going around and having a look, as yeah. in eight out of, 10 you go out you have a look you might just have a couple of bites here and there sometimes you come back with half a bag sometimes you come back with the, the, the harvest okay yeah. so the vast majority of foraging is looking and assessing yeah mm-hmm. and then you act as you looking assessing you prepare yourself when is the time ready for the fruit to be ready for the mushrooms to be ready for the flowers to be ready and so mm-hmm. forth so you don't just chance on a on abundance yeah you've been waiting for it
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: you've been you're readying yourself and when the abundance comes usually often enough the seasons are very short so yeah. when the abundance is enough you're there ready to take advantage
0: yeah, yeah. so
1: yeah. um i work a lot and on regular ba or, or regularly I come back with something like uh what are, at the moment in the fridge I have nettle, I have fatten, I have uh, onion weeds, uh what else? Uh, I was eating uh yeah, onion yeah, onion weeds. The my back is full of flatweed and dandelions which you know always come in. You know, I let them grow, you know. They yeah. come in, you know, on a regular basis, south Eastern, Mallow, uh um I have pots with wild fennel all over the places. I've got farmer's friends popping up all over the places. I love, um, you know, so there's there's always things happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's just also, a matter of...
0: It's also knowing what to do with it, isn't it? So are there yes. particular dishes that or ways of preparing? Like there are a lot of, you know, greens and things like that what's what's your favorite way of preparing those dishes to use them in
1: one favorite way all right
0: oh, oh, oh what are some of your favorite ways like okay. is it, yeah 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 i get it i get it, I get it. some of them some are way. a little bit more bitter than what a lot of people yes. are used to aren't they so how yeah. do you kind of prepare them in a way that might so, be palatable for some people
1: absolutely so there is there's never just one way it's a, it's a species specific so um, each plant uh, of fruit or mushrooms that you engage with has got a specific way to engage with it specific times to harvest specific parts you want to harvest for different reasons so um, you will just need to build up knowledge on the specific species one by one and then you know you harvest for for reasons yeah Mm -hmm. so um, um, so many of the greens uh, spring grains, can be bitter um, uh, which uh, you would use in combination with other plants like you know often enough wild plants, wild fruits, wild mushrooms, they're very strong tasting yeah so you wouldn't eat a lot, there's very few things you eat, I mean there's are virtually nothing you eat but the bucket and, and be happy with it yeah? <laughs> yeah, except mar- oh, even then, you know, you eat you eat a kilo of mulberries.
0: Yeah, 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 Two yeah. days
1: later you still remember. Yeah? <laughs> so you know, like all fruit. You eat a kilo of strawberries two yeah, days yeah. later you still remember. A kilo cherries, you ever tried that? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. So you know, and effectively nothing you can eat by the bucket mm. and be happy. Yeah, a, a, a full salad of dandelion leaves and people yeah. saying, Oh, it's bitter, dude. You don't eat a full yeah, yeah, salad yeah. of dandelion leaves. You it's put it with fun. other things. You can't. Yeah. It's too much. You know, come on, get real. You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, just, yeah. So you get that with knowledge. Yeah. Cultivate your cooking intelligence, yeah? yeah? So when you're engaging with a new food, try a little bit. Try um, um uh, try the taste and feel the texture and get your your fantasy, your, you know, your imagination cooking and uh, imagination goal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what would you do with it? Do a little Google search, you know, the Google search you this and tell you that. But then at the end of the day, you do what you like. Yeah. So, you know, just allow experimentation, allow mm-hmm. to find your way through the plants into yeah. um, a satisfying and a happy nutritional relationship.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you my favourite um, thing to do with because my garden, I've got my veggie garden and in all the paths there's just, there's so much growing. So I've got yep. dandelions, I've got purslane, I've got worrible greens, I've got chickweed, mallow, all these things. Plus and I've got things like sorrel and mustard going to seed and I've got the things I'm cultivating like spinaches and silverbeet.
1: And tomatoes yeah. poking like everywhere.
0: Yeah, so what I love doing is I just get all the different, a little bit of everything, all the different yep. greens and leaves. Usually, when I've spent the day in the garden, I'm pulling a bit out. And then I just, yeah, wilt them a little bit. So just put them yep. in, in a little bit of water, maybe, or fry them a bit. And then mix up eggs, feta, different types of feta, whatever cheeses you've got, grate up some cheddar. Yep. And just mix all that together and then just put it in a a tray with either phyllo pastry or puff pastry, whatever pastry you like to use, chuck it all in, put it on that, put it in the oven and maybe a bit of mint or some herbs you've got in the garden, put it in the oven and it's just such an amazing dish and my whole family love it, like all of them. So Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's so satisfying, isn't it? So nutritious, you feel so
0: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then squeeze
0: some lime or lemon on top and... And that's Beautiful. a really good way when you don't necessarily know. And, like, you know, my kids who wouldn't want to eat a bitter vegetable will happily eat that because it's got all those other flavors in it as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mix it up. Don't, you know, these strong flavors, don't just tackle one by one. You can if you want to tackle one by one for the specific features. Mm. But if you want to engage in eat it, you know, like, you know, mix it all up. I often do salsa verde, you know, like, you know, get a whole bunch of greens, chop them all up, put some parsley in it and makes an amazing sauce, a dipping sauce or just a sauce to have with your um, root vegetables or as a marinade. Um, uh, what else? I do frittata. The same, quite yeah. similar to what you did, you know, just get a whole bunch of greens, clean them all up, chop them all up, mix the eggs, fry it. Done. Yeah. You know, some nice crusty bread. You know, simple, excellent way to introduce excellent greens into yeah. your into your reality. It doesn't need to yeah. be too fancy. Just chop them up, mix them up. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: nothing that chili and salt can't fix. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much, Diego, for sharing your knowledge and your um, yeah skills. And I hope that this has you know giving some people the confidence to start thinking about that and it, it's empowering isn't it to feel like you know that and can recognize a few absolutely parts.
1: absolutely this is very empowering and if i can leave you with um uh, with a, a couple of steps that uh, hopefully will just uh, leave people with some tools you know where to yeah. how to go about this you know um uh, just uh, four tools they usually tell people and that is a quite simple way to think of, to 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 get your head around this yeah, yeah. how to in, uh, introduce foraging into your reality so tool number 1 is silly but it's actually quite important is um is uh, it's silly and funny because that way you remember it, but it's actually is quite sophisticated. It goes like that. If it looks like a stick, most probably it's gonna taste like a stick. Yeah. It means um it means trust your eyes. Yeah, if you look at the plant and the plant is half dead, half rotten, chances are it's going to taste half dead and half rotten. Yeah. So if you look at the plant and it's juicy, happy and green and, and proud, chances are it's going to taste juicy, happy, green and proud. Yeah. Same, so, you know, you have these eyes already, use them. It's the same eyes you use when you go and get the greens from the greens grocer. Yeah. yeah. If it looks sad you don't buy it do the okay. same with foraging okay? okay tool number two positively identify everything that means make sure you know what you're looking at there's books there's nerds like me there's neighbors <laughs> who know it all um uh, yeah. there's youtube channels off you go you know this database yeah. forums you know you the knowledge is never too far away if you want to know you'll find out <laughs> magazines absolutely yeah. if you want to know you find out yeah yeah? your website gives a lot of good tools yeah so use these tools yeah um and touch nothing until you know what you are and what you're doing tool number three is the best place to forage is your own garden that means Mm -hmm. you forage where you know you forage where you know who spray what yeah. And how many dogs there are. Yeah. yeah, yeah so you yeah. forage where you know a bit of history of the soil. Yeah. So yeah. um forage where you know. Even if you don't have a garden, you forage where you walk every day, your neighborhood again. Yeah. yeah. Forage where you know. Yeah. And uh, tool number four, which is virtually the most important, is about ethics and responsibilities. Mm. Please look after colonies.
0: Yeah.
1: Knowing Having the tools to be able to recognize plants does not turn plants into into free food, yeah? Mm. Foraging is not free food. Foraging is engaging with gifts. Yeah. Yeah, so you treat plants with understanding of their value, you pay respect... You pay, um you allow for other, for plenty to be left behind, for others to enjoy, for you mm. to come back, for ad, the animals, for the plants to, to thrive. Yeah. So foraging is not your license to free food. Yeah. Foraging is your possibilities to understand
0: mm. and to connect with nature
1: and to connect with the nature.
0: Mm. Well, wise words, and I think it'll be a great start for people to. Yeah, just the beginning really is to just get out there and
1: the beginning is to care. Yeah. The beginning is to get to find value and through value care. Yeah. Cultivate care. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Well, thanks, Diego. My
1: pleasure. My pleasure, Robin. Thank you for having me in this podcast.
0: Thank you. And so Diego, um, tell us your website where people can find out more about what you're doing.
1: Okay, yes, my website is diegobonetto.com. That is my name and surname, diegobonett Double dot com. Uh I'm based in Sydney, that's where I run my workshop. But you know, there's books, there's things, there's you know, ebooks and there's there's more, you know, we are way bigger than what we are with, with social media and everything else. So yeah. come in with questions. I'm on Instagram's at at the witty one and coming with all of the, your witty questions. I'm yeah. very happy to find food in your own yard anytime.
0: Great. That's awesome. So we'll have all those links on our website. So thanks for that. And also, uh, Diego was part of an article we had in Issue 18, which was called Finding Food in the Suburbs. So in that we were talking about foraging but also gleaning, which is that sort of taking food from excess food from trees and things like that and also we looked at dumpster diving which is another form of foraging which is for some and not for others so anyway um so good luck everyone on your journey and may your weedy walks be wonderful
1: (laughs) bye everyone
0: you have been listening to the Pit permaculture podcast with diego bonetto to read more from diego Check out the latest issue of Pit Magazine number 18 with the corn on the cover. You can subscribe to our magazine or read more articles on all things growing and foraging at our website pitmagazine.com.au